is going on, everybody? This is Drew here, and welcome y'all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode 111.0, and we are starting a new series. We are playing Yakuza 4. Today I have with me Matt. Hello, friends. Back in the Yakuza. Yeah, we're back in Kamurocho. We're going to be doing Yakuza 4. It's been a little while. We had two games in between the last Yakuza. But we're back. And I remember when I said that I think I've played through Yakuza 4 or 5. After booting up Yakuza 4, I realize I have never played Yakuza 4. It'll be really strange if you have played 5. Yeah, right? I was like, oh, I remember five. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, I think I think I, I I think I stopped with three, and mm. and that was that was it. I I for some reason I thought I played four. Don't know why, but um, yeah, that's is what it is, I guess. But um, yeah, um, as we always do, we talk about our history with the game. There's my history. I've never played this game. <laughs> I thought I had, but apparently I hadn't. So uh, I, I think when this game came out, I don't know what happened. I think I think I just um, kind of fell off the series for a little while there um, because I, I didn't play any other games since then. That was that was all of the Yakuza games I played. I enjoyed all my my time with the games leading up to that, but that was it. I think the next game I played was probably Yakuza Kiwami 1. I had to do that for review. So, but yeah. Uh, Matt, what about you? Any history with this game? <laughs> nope. Uh, it looks like it came out in March 2011. So, all I can really think of at the time is that's right around the time I was defending my thesis. So, that was actually when... I probably wasn't playing much for six or nine months. It's when we had to stop previous podcasts. So that was my, my biggest podcasting gap was actually right around this time. Not that I would have played it since I had never played any of the other Yakuza games, but even if I had been into them, I probably would have missed this one. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I was still living with my roommates at the time. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. I guess I just, I guess I just decided to skip it. I don't know. I probably had a lot of stuff going on at the time. I was, you know, obviously reviewing a lot of games during that time too. So, um, my biggest quirk at the moment is actually that I am in the midst of moving, uh, moving homes. So I've got almost everything I own packed up. And as I was about to sit down and prep for this, uh, you know, prep to start playing Yakuza 4, I realized that I don't have any idea where my physical copy of the remastered collection is. Uh-oh. Uh, but it was also on sale on the PSN, so I literally bought the entire remastered collection again digitally just to play this game. <laughs> Damn, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, it wasn't too much, but I was like, oh, do I dig through all my boxes, some of which are in one part of Boston, some of which are in the other part of Boston? I don't know where this game is. I should have pulled it out in advance of packing anything. Yeah. Fun fact, the only thing I did pull out 
to use in the meantime, media-wise, was a Blu-ray of Troll 2 for a random bad movie night that I hope to have. Okay. It's on the list of worst movies ever, so uh, I thought maybe it'll happen sometime in the next month, and I want to make sure I can keep my hands on it. Well, there you go. So, I guess... Yakuza 4, huh? Yeah. Uh... First off, this is a little weird for me because I was really looking forward to this. I'm like, yeah, all right, we have played a few games in the meantime. You know, I really want to get back to Yakuza. I'm excited about it. And not to fast forward to the end, but I was a little underwhelmed with this first session. Yeah, me too. Me too. This this game did not hit the ground running when you first started it. Yeah. And not fact, to mention the first night I started to play this, I just wanted to boot it up, get through the initial cutscenes, save it and turn it off. And that was almost an hour. Yeah, I know. It took a while. I did the exact same thing. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to leave this playing and pause it. Because I, I was like, I have to, like, I have to go away from the TV. Yeah. So that's what I did. So, um, game takes place in 2010. Um, I guess it's a year after the events yep. of Yakuza I, I, 3. I read somewhere it was a year after. Okay. And, um, we are introduced to a new character. Um, Kazuma Kiryu, nowhere to be seen at the beginning of this game. In fact, where we stopped, he has only been mission- mentioned once. Um, but uh, our main character is uh, Shun Akiyama. So Akiyama is a... Um, I'll say he's a loan shark, but he's not actually a loan shark. Um, he is a guy who lends money to people. He never charges interest and you don't necessarily have to pay him back. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like he's just a guy who gives out money. Yeah. What's the opposite of a shark? Yeah. A loan guppy. Guppy. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, he, um, so we're, we're, this is our main antagonist. Um, he is, uh, uh, operating a lending office known as Sky Finance. And, um, he is, uh, yeah, he, he seems to be living pretty well for himself, if not maybe a little bit lonely. Yep. He doesn't seem to work all that hard. No. He's also got some side business. He owns a club. Yeah, yeah, he owns a hostess bar. So yeah, he's he's doing all right for himself monetarily. Yeah, and uh, everything's kind of mysterious about it. Um, there's rumors that talk about him. He used to be homeless for a while, um, and nobody really knows how he came about his money. But uh, he he does have a infamous um, title to himself. Uh, because of, you know, he's basically screwing over the actual loan sharks in Kamurocho because everybody comes to him. <laughs> but um, there is a caveat to 
him lending you money, which we will get into. But uh, yeah, the game starts off, and uh, he's he's having to do a collection run. His his uh, secretary, um, Hannah, who is a bona fide badass, <laughs> if we're being <laughs> honest. Yep. She's this. Uh, she's this. Like probably late twenties. Uh, well, <laughs> portly woman <laughs> that wears glasses. Uh, and uh, she does not take shit from anybody. <laughs> yeah, least of which Akiyama. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <sighs> Excuse me. I had to get a drink. But um, yeah. So uh, she sends him out on to collect, um, and you're going to learn real quick. Typical Akiyama is a procrastinator. He's also kind of a, I don't know, deadbeat. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's likable enough. I mean he seems to generally be a, generally be a good guy. You know, if he came from. You know, if he came from being homeless, you know, he's he's kind of being slightly altruistic in this, you know, I just want to get people loans and I want it to bring happiness to people. I don't really care if you pay me back or no interest. So he doesn't look like he mistreats anyone. I mean, aside from all the street fights, you know, he seems like a upstanding guy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and mo- a lot, most people seem to like him. Like no, nobody has a real big problem with him. Yeah. Um but he will throw down um, he, uh, he is known for having, uh, lightning fast kicks. In fact, uh, when you fight with him, he does not punch at all. He only kicks. Um, and he's kind of charismatic. He's kind of like, uh, he feels almost like a cross between, uh, Majima and, uh, Kiryu. Yeah, he's got the he's got the the charismatic parts of Majima without the craziness. It's almost like you're boring him every time he's talking to you. <laughs> but um, he seems to have a, a good heart in the end. Yeah. So um, yeah, he's going out on some collections, bumming around a little bit, uh, and uh, he. Uh, notices as he's he's he he stops with a bunch of homeless guys and has some 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 dinner with them like he bought them all lunch or bought them all dinner and he notices there's a couple of guys uh talking out on the street uh one of which he is very familiar with the other one he knows of. So, um, which we, we realize who he's talking to a little bit later on, but, um, he, he realizes that they're talking about something going down. Um, and, uh, this Yakuza boss is telling the underling to handle it essentially. Now, the one that he knows very well is, uh, Ari, Ari. How do yeah. you pronounce that? I was pronouncing it Ari. Ari. 
um, who is kind of like a lieutenant in a uh, family that is in the Tojo clan. So the, 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 the family itself is the Shibata family, uh, which I had never heard of until now. Um, It's a whole lot of new players, tons of new players in this game. Uh, so, uh, looks like Shibata himself was telling Arai that, uh, he needed to handle something. And, uh, it was obviously going down at a, a hostess club that was, or a bar that was, um, owned by another subsidiary. I guess is what you would call it. So I got a little confused here, especially when they started naming stuff. Yeah. So Akiyama goes to a place called the Kanamura Enterprises. Now, Kanamura Enterprises is kind of like a loan place or a loan shark place. Um, that is a subsidiary of the Tojo clan via a subsidiary of the Shibata family. Yep. So it's not a family, but it seems to have as much cachet as, as any of the families really. I would say, I would say they're under the family. So basically you got the Tojo clan, which has a bunch of families. The Shibata family is one of them. The Shibata family has things under them that do their day-to-day business kind of thing. And uh, Kanamura Enterprises is one of them. To start with, yeah. And there's a bit of a power struggle here in the middle, right? Well, yeah, it seems like it. Um, or power so, dynamic shift, maybe. Yeah. So what ended up happening was... A bar that was ran by the Conamora Enterprises. There were two guys in the Yakuza who were there causing a ruckus. Now, what these guys were, were from a different family altogether. A different clan, even. These two guys are part of the Inosiwa clan. Yeah. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, I think that's how I was pronouncing it. Now, the Inosiwa clan is another clan in Tokyo that is not, is most certainly not as big as the Tojo clan. But they are in good standing with the Tojo clan. But when you get these lower level dudes who don't understand the, 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 the inner workings of, of clan politics, they start to talk and they're like, you know, those, those Inosiwa guys, they're over there at our bar right now screwing around with our people. 
making a mockery of us. And Akiyama is there at the Enterprises. And he's even talking to some of these guys. And he tells them, he even kind of eggs them on saying, you know, no other Yakuza family would actually allow this to happen. And they're like, you know what? You're right. We need to go over there. One of the people that is part of the Kanamura Enterprises is a guy named Kido. Now, Kido is a young... He, he comes off as young, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Looks like a young kid. He always wears like a letterman's jacket. It says Japan on the back. It says Japan on the back of it. So, Which is always fascinating to me because I, I often think about places I've been in the world and whether certain places advertise their own like home pride and my you know my my feeling is that the more multicultural an area is the more there's a need to identify that you know where where I come from I, I represent where I come from right because I, I feel like I've seen it so much more in it's just America man yeah, well, America and England as well. You see a lot of, you know, Union Jacks in England. Yeah. I feel but, like I, if I, per capita, we have the most flags, nation's flags of any yeah. other. <laughs> you know what I mean? But visiting my family in, like, Italy, you almost never see it. Never see an Italian flag? Yeah, you never see Italian flags. People aren't wearing shoes that say Italy on them or jackets that say Italy on them. Right. I, don't know. I, I didn't, but. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Keto seems to be kind of like, um, the second in command of, uh, Kimura Enterprises. Kane Mura Enterprises. Well, isn't, isn't Arai second in command? You're gonna have to remind me. I thought Keto was kind of like super low ranking, and that's why that was, I, I thought that was what contributed to my impression of him being young was that he didn't really have a lot of clout or standing in in Kanemura Enterprises. Okay. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. I'm looking it up now. So yeah, I thought Arai was part of the 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 Tojo clan, like proper. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that he was he was part of the Shibata family. Because I feel like Kido is gonna have to have to do something in this game. I think at some point in the game, just I think he's going to try to make his claim or gain some power or do something because so far he's just been kind of hanging around. He's kind of low level. He seems friendly enough, unobtrusive enough, but you know, I, I don't know where he's going yet. I get the sense he's not necessarily going to be a bad guy, but he's going to go for some kind of power grab. Yeah, I can see that. He's definitely driven, seems like. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Akiyama uh, decides to go take a look for himself at this bar, see what's actually going on. And uh, sure enough, there are those Iwasiwa guys there. And uh, they're causing a ruckus. So... 
we decide to kick their asses. <laughs> um, uh, Akiyama makes short work of them. And, um, yeah. Short work of them, except I find that early in this game, it takes a lot of kicks to take down even simple enemies. Yeah, but I haven't found a fight hard at all. Yeah, though. I haven't found any of them hard. They're yeah. just long. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I did wait a little bit longer to upgrade, and it's a little less... It doesn't seem like there's the simple upgrades, like this upgrade does more damage. Yeah, I, I, I have yet to find anything that says, this does more damage to your attacks. This yep. gives you more health. This gives you more spirit. None of that stuff is there. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what's going on there. It's all a lot more obfuscated here. It's like a, a three kick finisher, now you know, two kick finisher, then a three kick finisher. Yeah. Which I'm fine with. It it has less for me to worry about. Yep, and maybe the uh maybe the damage output just goes up a bit with level. I do actually have a level, right? I think I do. Yeah, you do have a level, and every time you level up, you get spirit orbs that you can then use to basically add stuff to it, I guess. Yeah. But I wonder if damage output goes up at all natively. I don't know. That's that's a, that's actually a really good question. I'm not sure. Because I do feel like I've been doing more damage sort of in Chapter 4 than I was in Chapter 1. I just remember my first impression was, wow, why is it taking so long to kill these guys? Or knock them out. Right. But, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll find out as things open up more. Possibly. So. Um, yeah, one of the guys that, there's two guys there. We beat up one of them and he, not, he just gets knocked out. The other guy, uh, which uh, I'm looking him up here, uh, Ihara is his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just got promoted in the, uh, I'm just going to call it Siwa clan. Yep. You know, Siwa clan. And, uh, he's celebrating and he said that everybody said this was cool. Like nobody said there would be a problem. After beating him up, um, Arai shows up and, uh, Arai's like, hey, I'll handle this. You don't need to be doing this to Akiyama. And Akiyama's like, whatever, man. It's not a big deal. Well, Ihara pulls out a gun and is going to shoot some people. And he actually does end up shooting Arai. And it seems like it shot him right in his freaking stomach, but he's like, ah, it's, it's fine. He's got, he's, he's yeah. clipped me. And he's still holding his stomach while limping away. <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess, I guess. Well, needless to say, um, Ihara runs off and, um, they're like, okay, well, we obviously need to stop him because if he gets back to his boss saying that a bunch of Shibata guys beat up, beat him up, and threatened him, we're going to start a Yakuza war. So, um, Arai runs after him. Or goes after him. He stumbles after him. And, uh, we go back. We're, we're planning on going back to the, um, to the, the Sky Finance. 
uh, we get a phone call from Hana saying, hey, there's a bunch of dudes out here fighting right outside the window here. Uh, and also one of them has a gun. So we realize, oh crap, that's them. So when we make it to the, to the alleyway, which I should, I should mention Sky Finance is, is in what we, I think used to be Serena. Yep. Uh, the old bar that Kiryu used to go to. Um, so in the back alley there, we find Arai holding a gun with, uh, Ihara laying slumped over dead shot in the head. And we're like, did you kill this dude? He's like, I had to. He's like, you know, you had a lot going for you, man. Why are you doing this? <laughs> so we tell ER, get the hell out of here. They're going to be looking for you. You need to lay low. He gets out of there. Keto shows up, sees the body. Oh, crap. Now the cops show up. So the cops are like, you're going with us. We're going downtown, man. Yeah, didn't really want to listen either. No, he's like, dude, I wouldn't, I didn't do this. I save you excuses, <laughs> kind of thing. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess they're not going to listen to us. So we sit down. Uh, I, all right, so I'm looking this guy up because I don't know how to pronounce his name. I still don't know how to pronounce his name. We get interrogated by uh, a homicide investigator named Sugu Suguichi Suguiuchi 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 Yeah who really doesn't like Akiyama <laughs> at all at the same time all he wants him to do is tell him, look, we know you didn't do this. Just tell us who did. And he doesn't want to say, I'm like, okay, we, we can't hold him, so we need to let him go. And they know because Hana called in and said, I saw that it wasn't Akiyama. Yeah. Yeah. She, she came in, she, she came out. And basically said, yeah, it wasn't him. I'm a witness. And at this point, I guess they they realize Arai is the one that did it? I th think so. I thought they didn't know, but all of a sudden they're looking for him. Yeah. Everyone seems to be looking for him. I guess because Kaido was there. Because they also interrogated Kaido as well. Yeah. And maybe Kaido... They're like, oh, well, you, we know who you work for, so it must be we're going to look for your boss, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> if you're here, he must have done it. Yeah. Great logic, Sugiuchi. <laughs> so they let us go, and we go back to Sky Finance. So begins two chapters of let's try and loan this person money and make them do a bunch of things. <laughs> yeah. To which I was just like, this is, this is kind of, this is kind of boring. If we're being honest. 
Yeah, it, I mean, it does kind of feel like Yakuza 3 in that it feels like it would have been okay. It just goes on for two or three times too long. Also, you're not dealing with a bunch of kids. Yeah. So. We're at Sky Finance. Uh, this uh, young woman walks in. And uh, she is asking for a loan. And he's like, okay, well, how much money do you need? I need a hundred million yen. And I, when I heard that, I was like, how much money is that actually? <laughs> That's funny that you say that because I was like, the very first thing I did when I heard that was have to Google how much money that actually is. Yeah. It's almost a million dollars. Yep. It's about $800,000. And he's like, well, that's a lot of money. Maybe, uh, maybe we need to sit down and talk about this first. She's like, well, I heard that you, you know, you do loans, no questions asked. You don't charge interest. He's like, yeah, I do, but there are some stipulations. You have to pass a test. She's like, what kind of test? And he's like, well, we'll worry about that later. And so he's basically trying to figure out why she needs this money, which she's not giving up at all. Yeah. And he's like, okay, well, fine. I'll make you do a test. seems like you really need this. seems like you're trying to run away from something. seems like. And, uh, he seems to have, uh, seems to have some kind of connection to her. No, like, as if, as if he's compelled to help this person. Now, there's one thing I should mention is that before she walked in, he was looking at a picture in his, his drawer. And it's a picture of him and three other people. Uh, he looks like a businessman, kind of young, got his hair slicked back, wearing a nice suit kind of thing. Very happy looking. Akiyama does not look like a happy person. No. <laughs> he looks like a rundown dude. Yeah, I wasn't really sure what, how they were portraying him. Because, it, you know, at least one time somebody calls him, like, pretty boy. And I'm yeah. like, he doesn't really have that, like, pampered soft pretty boy look but he also does have this kind of long flowing hair and you know no undershirt for his button down so I'm like you know are, are they are they trying to go that he's a pretty boy or not you know I, I couldn't really tell at first he doesn't seem like as clean cut as Cosmic Kiryu no he doesn't he doesn't he also mentioned was he 36 I think is what he said hmm and in, 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 in Japan, apparently 36 is like, you're, you're almost dead at that point. <laughs> Way over the hill. Way over the hill. And so, um, yeah, um, he decides to, to take on this, this loan, uh, as long as she can pass the test. And he says, meet me, uh, I can't remember where we meet her, but meet me somewhere. We're going to go, we're going to go shopping. Yeah, you have to go do two two things, right? Mm-hmm. Got to get an accessory and you got to get a dress for her. Yeah, first thing that really shocked me was like, hey, new area in Camarocho. Yeah, right? You got this whole underground. 
go to the underground and we go to that a couple of times. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, we have to buy her a dress and we also have to buy her a nice necklace. Why? Well, this is your test. I run a hostess bar and I want you to be a hostess at my bar. And the first three days that you work, you need to make at least 3 million yen. If you make over 3 million yen, I will lend you the money. And she seems okay with that. Like, I feel like that's almost like one step away from being a pimp. (laughs) Which he even mentions while he was interviewing her that he had a woman work the red light district. And I'm like, so you were a pimp? Yeah, I guess with these hostess clubs, it's a little bit of a fine line. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, this 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 whole section here makes me feel like it it reminds me of the old noir movies, like Chinatown. It seems like the old school, like hard boiled detective. You know, the woman comes in. I need your help. Somebody's missing. I need money. Blah blah blah. You know. It feels like the classic film noir kind yeah. of thing. Um, and I was like, is this what they're kind of going for? But it's set in 2010 and he's a loan officer, basically. But um, yeah, so we're going to have to turn her into the best, best hostess known to man. And yeah. I have to, I have to say, doing this hostess stuff, 10 times worse than what I saw in previous Yakuza games. You mean the gameplay of it? The gameplay of it. Yeah. The, in fact, it's also for, just awkwardly structured. Like, all they do is tell me to walk around the club, and I take two steps out, and they're like, all right, that's enough. Yeah. That's <laughs> go, exactly- go back in the room. That's exactly what I, I, I thought I did something wrong. Cause see, I, I <laughs> let's go, ch- let's go check on Lily. Her name's Lily. I should mention. Let's go check on Lily. I go check on Lily. I walk around the club. All right. That's enough. Let's go back to the back room. I go back to the back room and Lily's standing there and I have the options to like change your makeup and stuff like that. I'm like, what did I do something? Like, is this the back room? Am I at the right place? And so yeah. I, I exit, go back. Let's check on Lily again. I went and checked on Lily, walked around, went back to the room again, and it's the same thing. I'm like, what the, f- what am I doing wrong? Like, I, 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 I had, to, I had to look up a, a guide to say, where's the back room? What are we talking about? Cause all I'm doing is going back to the menu to, to, to dress up Lily. Yeah. And the rationale is that you're just breaking up the night into three chunks, right? Like an hour each time, for exactly. example. Exactly. And I didn't realize that. Yeah. I was like, wow, you know, usually Yakuza is pretty good at giving you like a tutorial. Yeah. But nothing here at all. And I was just like, what are we doing here, guys? And the only reason that matters, it seems to me, is kind of the trade-off of trying to train her. But the more you train her, the more stressed she gets. So sometimes you have to just let it ride so that you're not adding to the stress. Yeah. 
So I don't know. I don't know. But we we'll, we'll get back to that because that happens in the last chapter. We're still in chapter three. It's also, you know, just really weird. I don't know if it's quite in three or four, but there's a very strange, especially in 2022, kind of power dynamic here where he's about to offer her a crap load of money that she needs. She's desperate for it. And then he starts, like, asking her out on dates. Yeah. And it's very much like, I mean, yeah, within the, you know, within the game context, he could be her, her pimp or whatever, but it it feels very much like she has no way out and she must do this because he's her only option. And so yeah. it, it came off very creepy to me. Yeah, it, it did for a second there, too, because it was like, because uh, this is the second day you've known this person. Yeah. And you go out on a date with her and then take her up to a rooftop and then you kiss her. And it's, I, I think it's supposed to be like sweet, like he's falling in love with her. I'm like, dude, you've known this person for less than 48 hours. Yep. And like, even that wouldn't have been as awkward if there wasn't this whole money part of their relationship. That's true. She's just got to grit her teeth and do whatever he wants to get that 100 million yen. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, you're right. I, I was like, is this supposed to be cute? Because I'm not, I'm not feeling that. Yeah, no, I didn't think it was cute at all. I was just like, mm, I see what they're trying to go for, but it definitely doesn't feel like that at all. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that dynamic of, oh, they, they, they're, they're falling in love. I really don't think so. I, th- I, I honestly, I think she may turn out to be kind of a villain. I, I could be wrong. <laughs> Thanks for all your money. Yeah. Which we find out a little bit later on. Something happened. But, um, yeah. Cut to, we're finally meeting with some of the Tojo clan guys. It's about time we, we it's about time we made it to that, to the chamber where everybody sits around and looks at people. Yeah. And, uh, there's a, there's a little bit of a, of a drama dynamic happening here. So, uh, Daigo, Daigo Dojima, still the, the head of the Tojo clan. Good to see someone we recognize. No, no kidding, right? First person we finally recognize somebody. So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Daigo's there and he is with some of the, uh, other subsidiaries, the other families. And he is meeting with, uh, the, I guess the acting chairman of the Siwa family or the Siwa clan because he mentioned he has a boss, but the boss is too ill or too old to actually come to the meeting. Yeah. Right. I, I, I think I remember hearing that. I think I th- so. I think. But, um, yeah, his name is, uh, Katsuragi. And, um, he is there to meet with the Tojo clan because obviously one of his guys, a guy who just recently got promoted to a lieutenant, uh, just got shot in the friggin' head by one of their people. And he's like, you know, we've had a really good relationship for years 
with the Tojo clan. Now I get it. The Tojo clan is much larger than our clan. We can't let this stand though. It's a matter of honor. Yep. And so, uh, Daigo starts off with, well, we sincerely apologize. We, um, didn't know this was going to happen. It was definitely not our intention. We have offered you a, a nice little peace offering of, uh, of a lot of money sitting right there. And, uh, he's like, yeah, that money's not going to cut this. Money's definitely not going to cut this. They're like, okay, well, let me, uh, let me bring in somebody that you might want to talk to. So they bring in, uh, uh, ah, crap. What's his name? Uh, the family leader. Shibata. Yeah, Shibata. Yeah, they bring in Shibata. And Shibata uh, has his hand bandaged. And he, <laughs> he, he hands over, uh, a little, uh, a little towel. And the guy looks at it. And it's dude's finger. And he's like, yeah, yeah, cutting off your finger. I, we don't care about that stuff either. Yeah, it's a little old fashioned. That's, that's, that's Come too on. old fashioned. Come on. We, we did that back in the eighties. We don't, we don't, we don't do that kind of crap anymore. He's like, okay, well, what, what can actually fix this? Aside from the giant pile of cash. Yeah. No, he said, well, there's two things. There's two things that, that you can do. And I'll give you, I'll give you a couple of options to smooth this over. The first one being, you give us everything that Goro Majima's been building over there in Purgatory. And he's like, what? Yeah, you know, the big apartment complex. All that stuff that he's been doing with Majima Construction. Hand that over to us. And of course, Daigo's like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that that that's definitely not going to happen. That, that that that's way too much of a big income for us to just be handing over. It's okay. All right, if you don't want to do that, I want the gunman. I want the guy who killed my lieutenant. I want him dead. Yep. Bring me the head of him. We'll call it even. Now, I don't particularly know because we still didn't get a full feel of how Daigo felt about Arai. But it seemed like I also don't want to do that either. But when it came down to it, give him the, the, the purgatory land or a rye. I'll see what I can do with a rye. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one man. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. They kind of leave it at that. So now, not only do we have the police after a rye, we now have the Siwa clan after him. And we also have the Shibata clan after him. Along with the rest of the Tojo clan. Now. We say all this. To go back to. Um, uh, Akiyama. Akiyama. 
has decided that he is going to try to protect Arai as best as he can. Why, you may ask? Well, Kaido asked that exact same question. Why are you wanting to protect him so badly? I said, well, because he saved my life one time. Do you ever wonder how I got all this money that I can just give to people? I'm like, well, yeah, nobody ever really knew. He's like, well, a long time ago. <laughs> time for a story. Yeah, let's sit down and talk about this. Long time ago, I used to be a top banker, top financial officer for a bank. Graduated with honors from my college. Landed a nice job at a bank. Very well-respected bank. And they claimed I was embezzling money from them. Now, I never embezzled money from them. That's what they claimed. They showed proof that, oh, one of my clients was missing money. And then all of a sudden, the exact same amount was showing up in my bank account. So they forced me to quit. So in order for me not to get arrested for embezzlement, they told me to quit my job. I still believe to this day it was a setup. But after losing my job, I had nowhere to go. I was out on the street. And then one day, when I was laying on a park bench in front of the Millennium Tower, there was an explosion that took place at the Millennium Tower. And money started raining from the sky. One we may be familiar with. Yeah. Uh, maybe back in, what, 2006, was it? 2006, 2005, somewhere around in there. Yeah, sounds right. Uh, Kazuma Kiryu and uh, Akira Nishikitama, Nishikiyama got into a big fight and Nishiyama blew himself up hmm. along with a bunch of money in a vault and it went flying everywhere. To be honest, as important as he was in Yakuza 0, I did not expect him to be out of the series so quickly. Nishiki. Well, Matt, unfortunately, I'm going to tell you this, and you already know it, we already discussed it. Nishiki was never important in the series. Yeah. Because at the, up, even, even until we're playing Yakuza 4, Yakuza Zero had not came out yet. Yeah. They made Nishiki important in Yakuza Zero. But from the very beginning of the game, Nishiki was just a one-off main villain of the first game. But they wanted to have that connection between Kiryu and, and Nishiki. Yeah, it's just such a cool way to retcon that relationship. Yeah. This, this, this kind of throwaway villain who just kind of jump-started the whole Yakuza series. Now we're going to make it to where he's like Kiryu's best friend. So, yeah. Uh, so he started gathering up all this money that was raining from the sky. And he collected a million yen. And 
I guess he, it's because he's such a bright dude, graduated from like, you know, some kind of accounting college or something like that. He invested it and made a ton of money. And now he just uses that money to give it away. Yep, quite the, uh, quite the life he said. But when he gathered all that money up later on that night, he was about to get mugged. He was getting beat up and mugged by a bunch of these like punks who just go around beating up homeless people. And out of nowhere, Arai showed up and kicked the crap out of him. And he gave him his money back. And he said, ever since then, I've had Arai in my corner and I plan on taking care of him. Yeah, and he's like, if I'm going to... I'm going to invest in Kamarocha. I'm going to invest in Arai. I think he's doing the right things. And he's going to he's going to own this city. So that's the reason why he's so caught up on him. Now. Trying to imagine if there's anything else. The only other thing I can think of is when Kaido gets kidnapped. Yep. So, I think we're out making collections, or trying to make collections, and we get a phone call from Hana saying that uh, these dudes busted in, uh, Yakuza dudes, and um, they they uh, took Kaido and also took the client registry, and so we got to go find them. Which leads us to the underground. Yeah, I got a little bit lost here. I didn't get lost here. I did get sick of having to go back and forth. That was annoying as hell. Yeah. I did have a few t- There's one point in this game that I, th- I thought was almost comical in that they tell you to go all the way back to Sky Finance. Literally, you walk in, nothing happens, and they say, all right, well, now you need to go somewhere else. Yep. Yep, that happened. It only happened once, but I was like, did something not trigger? Like, literally, I just walk in, nothing happens, and then I have to walk back out. Very strange. You remember that quest in Nino Kuni? Where they made you walk across the city? (laughs) Just to walk across the city again? Oh, man. You give me flashbacks. Yeah. It's also making me think of... What, Kawami 2? With all of the nested fetch quests? Oh, God. Kiwami 2. Kiwami 2 had that... Kiwami 1 had that pretty bad, too. Kiwami 1 just had useless stuff. Yeah. Holy crap. Kiwami 1 was the most padded freaking game. Yeah, maybe it was 1 I'm thinking of. Where it just started out really, really jarring. With how good it looks versus how awkward it is to play. Yeah. So, we have to go to the underground. Um, the whole underground isn't connected, right? I, th- I think it is. Because I could swear I went, like, when they said go underground, I ended up going all the way to the south side of the map, down by that street that you can't go onto where they where the cabs are sitting. Yeah. 
And because I had accidentally gone down there earlier, well, I guess intentionally and accidentally, that I was like, all right, that's an easy way into the underground. I'll go down there and, and look for the objective. And nothing happened. It didn't look like it was all that big. So then I went back up, went back to the theater district, then went down over there, and I, I just I don't know if I if I could have gone there fully underground. All right. That's a good question. I don't know because you have to go via the Millennium Tower. Yeah. And I was going to say no from being in the mall area, but then. When I went down a level further into the garage, it seemed like that was endless. I didn't actually see how far you can go in it, but as soon as I turned the corner and saw that it was like a quarter mile to the end, I'm like, I don't think so. I'm going to go back upstairs. Hmm. Yeah. So we had to go under underground. We had to find... Uh... The, the guys who have kidnapped Kaido. And we believe that they are, um, they're part of the, um, oh God, it's the Shibata family. So they are. They're below the Shibata family, kind of like the Enterprise. Yep, Kanamura Enterprise. Yeah, so they, I think his name, it's Hatsu Shiba is his name. Hatsu Shiba, which is a clan, the Hatsu Shiba clan, who works for the Shibata family. They took it upon themselves to try to find out a client that Akiyama had had. That's why they took the registry. I don't necessarily know why they took Kaido. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they took him. And we have to go through there because there's... like. The underground's where like a lot of the homeless people live. And after we they got get, kicked out. Yeah, after they got kicked out. And the homeless were like, We want our we want our, you know, homes back. And so one of the homeless guys follows us and is like, No, nah, I'll help you. I'm like, Okay. So we uh we have him helping us. Not the biggest help in the world, but I'll take it. Yeah didn't do much more than really distract yeah. one enemy at a time. Yeah, he took he took an enemy off my back for a little while. And then we come to a locked door. And then we have to go all the way back. And then get one of the homeless guys who used to be a locksmith to pick the lock. We do this three times. Why? Yep. Why do we have to click through dialogue saying, hang on, let me get it. Then it fades to black, and then he says, okay, got it, and then you run through. Like, it's it's unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree, but I also feel like that's almost been a trademark of Yakuza. Yeah, I mean, it kind of is, and I feel like 
some of the quirks of Yakuza I'm getting burned out on. Yeah. If I'm being honest. There's just a few little quirks here and there that I'm just like, oh, God. You know. And I just have to, I have to smash X until it skips it. Yeah. And to be fair, I'm going to be real honest with you. I've done two sub stories so far. I do not care. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I don't know if it's because I'm not playing as Kiryu. I don't know if it's because I'm getting burned out on the series. I don't know the reason why. I've done two sub stories, and I'm like, yep these these are these are not as fun without Kiryu. If I'm going to be honest. Yeah, or if maybe Akiyama was a little bit more. I mean, I know in world, in game, he's charismatic, but I don't, I don't see him saying so many funny things. Like I'm never grinning when he's talking. I'm never like, you know, he doesn't have any zingers. I don't know. He he's a little bit plain. He kind of looks like a hybridized. Like here's your, you know, well dressed, pseudo attractive guy that's just gonna do things, but he's not. You know, he's not mean to where I've got a little bit of an anti-hero thing. He's not funny. Like, no. I, I don't know. He's a, just a little bit bland, I think. Yeah. I think um, I think what makes Yakuza so good and, and what, what makes the sub-story so fun is that you take this, this stoic, quiet man and yeah. put him in these ridiculous situations. Yeah, I'm thinking of where he's in there, like, when he's acting in a fake movie. Right. Like, it's just funny because he would never want to do that by choice. Yeah. I still I still absolutely love the... Uh, <laughs> I think the best sub-story ever was the one where you're playing as Majima in Zero. And Majima is, like, scoping out another hostess club. And he's scanning the room. And... He sees that that one dude in his underwear just like gyrating. Yeah, <laughs> and he he does like a, the quick double take. You know, it's the classic like scanning the room with a camera, and it sees it, and then it cuts back to it real quick. Yeah, <laughs> and I think the dialogue was just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so good. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah it, it's one thing though. You you mean you mentioned. I didn't really feel burnt out because I was I was pretty excited starting the game. But you know what I haven't had even once yet so far is like an oh shit moment really. Not like one where I really cared because I it, maybe it's just cuz it's Akiyama, but I just haven't cared about the characters. I mean, I I guess Lily and what she's doing and why she needs the money is reasonably interesting as a as a bit of a mystery, but it's it's a mystery happening to someone I don't really care about. Yeah. That's the thing. There's no reoccurring characters here. Yeah. So it's kind of all. muted. Yeah. It's just like, I don't care about these characters. I care about Kiryu, Majima, Daigo. You know, I care about the characters that have been established for the past, you know, four games. Yeah. So I don't know. It's weird. Uh, like, I mean, there's some things that happen. Sure. Yeah, we find some dead bodies. Yeah, we find some dead bodies. There's one thing I forgot to mention. 
is that when when the shooting happened, when we when we uh when we found Arai shooting the Siwa guy, uh later on that night, Kaido goes back to his headquarters and finds his boss dead. Which I completely forgot to mention him. But he's in one scene, so yeah. there you go. And he's also I should say, he's half naked. When he's killed. Yeah, in a compromising situation. Yes. Now, I'll say that to continue on with the underground. We finally run into the guys that... Okay, before we run into the guys, we run into to Doc Emmett Brown for some fucking reason. Yeah, that was uh, random. Yeah, there's a dude who looks like Doc Brown from Back to the Future, and he's standing in front of what looks like a time machine. In the middle of a basement with a bunch of, a, a bunch of homeless people. people. What the fuck? <laughs> I was like, what? So, anyway. Yeah, that, that's it. That's all I can, like, it, like, literally, he's like, oh, thanks. And then, and then you know, thanks for saving me from the Yakuza. All right, cool. What? what? And then you keep going. Yep, it would have made more sense if someone had like drugged him, <laughs> and he's going through, and you're like, oh, maybe, maybe there never was, you know, an old scientist in a time machine in in the underground. But I mean, they certainly played it off as if that was just a random thing that happened. Yeah, no, that actually happened. So I don't know, but we run into the the guys that, that kidnapped uh, Kaido. Kaido's there. They also have the registry, and you know. The, this 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 cutscene is a perfect example of like I feel like this is just bland. If Kiryu was saying it, it would be better. Yep. Because it was like, yeah, you uh, you got my uh, my registry, and the bad guy's like, no, no, we took your registry. He's like, okay, well, I'm gonna take it back. I'm like, okay, well, come and get it, bitch. So we yeah. have to fight a guy. And all these fights also were a little bland because, I mean, the number of times I feel like I've gotten into a street fight and it's been the same model, but maybe with different clothes on. Sure. And, uh, you know, maybe to your point of it's starting to wear a little bit. I mean, I, that that's happened through all of them, but I did also, you know, sometimes the only thing I thought that was kind of funny was that you can almost tell who's going to be triggered to come after you because they're usually in an intersection and they're usually not moving. Yeah. And so you can almost sneak behind them sometimes, which I actually liked a bit. I could avoid the fights if I chose to. Not that I necessarily do because I want the, you know, the the one to 5,000 yen payouts that I get sometimes when they're trying sure. to send me away happy, but... You know, I don't know, like, those fights into this area in the underground where it's boss fights as well, but none of them really feel all that different. No, like, not really. The, I guess in the underground they start to have more weapons. Yeah. Like, a lot of the street battles, they don't... So far, I mean, I, I've had one or two with, like, pipes, one or two with guns, but down here you get into some fights where a lot of people have weapons. But Yeah. I don't know, like, that's not really a differentiator at this point after, you know, f five games in. The the boss fight here has two phases. The first phase is pretty easy. 
second phase, the only thing that's different is that he has a chainsaw and is trying to slash us with a chainsaw. And if he hits you, you're going to fall down. And when you try to hit him, he doesn't get stunned. That's it. Yep. So we beat him up. We get the, the registry back from, uh, from his boss who's scared out of his mind. And we're like, okay, why did you want this? Like, look, the boss wants it. There's somebody that you have loaned money to that the boss wants to find. Who? They didn't say. I don't know. Okay. Whatever. Cut to the next day. Or maybe the same day. I can't remember. But cut to the next day. And it's Lily's last day as a hostess. She's got to make at least three million. I walk around the club three times. Sort of. Because they keep, yeah. they, they keep aborting my walk around the club after four steps. Yeah. Was she getting customers that day? Uh, in the very first instance, she did not. So the first time I did this, you know, I had dressed her up in the red dress and the more elegant necklace. And my first walks around the club, they were like, oh, we want somebody who's elegant. So it was a perfect match and she made a bunch of money. The second time around, they said they wanted somebody with more charisma. So, and she wasn't doing that well. So I went into, in fact, what was she doing? She was doing something like she was sitting alone, standing alone yeah. or texting on her phone or something. Yep. That's exactly what I got. And so I went back there and I'm like, all right, well, I guess we're gonna have to train you to up your charisma. Which I did, which it cut to like a, a cutscene of them nodding at each other like they were talking in training, but I don't actually know what the training consisted of. Right. Might be a useful, useful thing to know. Um, but then, you know, but then the next two times I walked around, she seemed to be doing fine. And then that was it, basically. Yeah. I made one decision after like two full nights at the club. <laughs> yeah. But she made her, she made her three million. So we have agreed to loan her the money. We asked her to meet us at the, why, why meet on the rooftop of the Millennium Tower? It's a very good question. I mean, it would have made a lot more sense if it was like a meteor shower or it was like a blue moon or something special. Like, or like, oh, we need a good view of the sky. This was just random. I mean, not even, yeah. uh, not even an excuse for it. Yep. Just meet me at the land tower. Okay. Maybe he thought it was romantic. So, before we get into that meeting, we have to go check in on something. So, there was... A few things we learned about Lily uh, when we first met her. She told us that she used to work for a club in the Champion District. Yep. What was it called? I can't remember. Oh, crap. It's not that big of a deal. She used to work at a club. So we decided to go check out this club. When we get there... There is a, um, 
crossdresser there talking to us. And uh, we're like, okay, anybody in there? And they're like, nope, nobody's been in there for a few days. Okay. So we decide to go in. We go inside and we find in the manager's office a dead manager. Been dead for a few days. Also, he is half naked, much like how the Enterprise boss was. And okay. Found the little, the lighter. That's how we recognized it because she was using, Lily was using a lighter that had the, the club logo on it. We find a bunch of those lighters there too. So, yep, this is the right place. She was there recently. Okay. What the hell's going on? Yeah, I like the, uh, I don't want to say bouncer, but the person outside. Yeah, the, the cross-dresser. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently everybody at the club is. Yeah. That was, I can't remember what kind of club he called it, but it's a club that is known for basically cross-dressers. So un- unlikely she would have worked there. Yeah. So i say that to cut back to the meeting. We have this meeting with Lily. going to give her the money. She arrives and we're like, okay, we're going to give you the money. Congratulations on, um, on uh, passing the test. But I want to ask you, why do you need this money? She's like, I can't tell you that. Okay. And he says, I'll, I'll give it to you for free if you tell me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, yeah, you know, just tell me or pay it back. Yeah. She's like, then I'll have to make sure I pay you back every cent. Yeah. He's like, okay, fine. Secret. He's like, do you want to, you want to talk about the last club that you worked at? She's like, what are you talking about? Went by there. And the cross-dressers worked there. You never worked there. Also, when I went by there, there was a dead guy. <laughs> and she she was like, I don't know what to tell you. And, and so he, he, he basically, he asked that question and said, why do you need this money? She's like, I can't tell you that. He's like, if you tell me about it, you never have to pay me back. And she said, I will have to make sure I pay you back then. Yep. And he left it at that. Okay, whatever. I think I just gave 100 million yen to a murderer, but all right. And that's it. She leaves. And he's like, uh, what are you going to leave town? And she basically says, yeah. Yep, I'm out of here. Things I need to do. But she's always looked ready to leave time, town. I mean, she's got her jacket on the whole time. Yeah, yeah, she she got that trench coat on, and just like ready to go. That's another thing. Like, I feel like this woman is like straight out of like a nineteen forties like Nora movie. Yeah, she's always got the trench coat on. She always looks sad. I'm just like, okay. She's like the the femme fatale. In fact, I think he even mentions that, doesn't he? Yep. But, um, yeah, 
So we leave the Millennium Tower, get a phone call. It's uh, from the uh, the head guy at the hostess bar that we run. He's like, hey, there's some Yakuza guys here. And they're kind of scaring the customers. He's like, all right, we always have Yakuza guys here. He's like, yeah, but these guys are different. He's like, all right, fine, I'll be over there in a second. So we go over to the club. And there's some Yakuza guys sitting around listening to a guy sing karaoke. And when you say strangling a cat, (laughs) a guy strangling a cat. (laughs) And it seems like Akiyama is like not wanting to start anything with these guys. Yeah. Despite it being his club. Yeah. He says, Hey fellas, um, what's going on? Like, oh, we're just having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Um, you're kind of running all my customers away. Do you think you could maybe leave? And they're like, well, we're looking for somebody. It's okay. Who are you looking for? We're looking for your top hostess. Her name goes, goes by Lily. He's like, well, unfortunately she doesn't work here anymore. And they're like, okay, well, my boss wants to know where she is. All right. And who exactly is your boss? Goro Majima. Oh, so you're part of the Majima family. Yep. Well, I'm sorry, but I don't know where she is. And even if I did know, I'm not in the habit of selling out my ex-employees. Well, this guy is not happy about that. He's also mad because we turned off his music. So we have a boss fight with him. I like how he claims it's an accident. Yeah. Yeah, he he turns off the music and he's like, oh, man, I was sorry. I hit the wrong button. (laughs) So boss fight with this guy. I can't remember what his name is, but he's one of the lieutenants for the Majima family. Minami. 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 Sure. I found this fight to be a joke. Yeah. Again, easy but long. Yeah. Oh, the thing is, is like, it, yeah, it was long, but I got him. I think I may have glitched it because I got him into a corner. Yeah. And he could, he could not get out. And when you start, like, after I upgraded my kicks and stuff like that, I do like three finishing kicks now. Yeah. It feels like which, I'm playing Tekken. Yeah. Which almost feels like it starts a new loop. Yeah. So if I do those three finishing kicks, he's still trying to like slowly fall to the ground. I can start another loop again, it seems like. Yeah, just juggling. Yeah, and I felt like I was juggling this guy. It was it was almost like a I was like, damn, this is a joke. Like I'm sure this guy's probably harder than this, right? <laughs> but I think I may have just exploited on accident. Yeah, I definitely had that happen a few times as well. Yeah. So yeah. It's exactly That's why really... I stopped playing Tekken online. So I was always getting juggled. No kidding, dude. No. But yeah, uh, after we beat him up, we finally see yet another familiar face into the club. He's like, okay, that's enough guys. It's, uh, it's Majima. 
Majma himself, the uh, the mad dog of was it Shiba Shibana Shibata? I can't remember. <laughs> the mad dog. Yep. He sits down and is like, "Look, we're looking for this Lily person." And he's like, "Well, she's not here anymore. Why do you want to know about her?" At this point, during the cutscene, my cat started chewing on some wires, <laughs> so I had to get up. Matt, did any revelations happen in this cutscene? Because I didn't get to see it. I don't think so. Okay. So what did Majima say? Hang on a second. I'll see if I can find it here. Blah, blah, blah. Here we go. Part one, part two, part three, and part four. Here we go. The thugs are joined by their patriarch himself, Goro Majima, who tells uh, Minami to stand down. Majima tells Akiyama that he needs to find Lily to protect her to make up for how he failed her 25 years prior, back when he knew her real name, Yasuko Saijima. There you go. There's your revelation. Lily is actually... Yasuko and Majima knew her from 25 years ago. Yep. And that's where I stopped. Yeah, me too. Because I had to go after my cat. What was his obsession with biting wires? Yeah, our dog, well, my Paris dog did that a while ago to a lamp wire and it did not end well. He... Seized up a bit, foamed at the mouth a bit. Oh boy. And as far as I know, has not chewed through another wire since. Perhaps a lesson in pain. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, we do have an email. Let me bring it up, shall we? <laughs> that is the wrong email. That is the correct email. Here we go. Comes in from Dustin. He says, a slow like daytime drama. And a boring one. And as boring as that sounds. Hey guys. A couple quick thoughts. Why does everyone seem to have big hands? And old person hands. Yeah, they're all old. If I smoked like everyone in this game, I would want one of those gigantic lighters. <laughs> <laughs> Akiyama is a cool protagonist. Even if some of his tests are suspect, like I even had a girl work in the red light district to get her loan. Awesome. So you make a woman a prostitute for an interest free loan and you're the good guy. <laughs> What's with the music running through town? Someone was like, hey, you know that shitty style of music called scat? Yeah. 
Well, let's make it sound even more shitty by adding a droning sax to it. That would be a great theme to run around to. Hope that guy got fired, Dustin. <laughs> so I tell you this, I could not tell you what this, the, the music sounds in this game because I've played this game exclusively on mute. Oh, really? I, I guess if it's I, subtitles, it yeah, certainly makes it a little easier. I have played every one of them on mute. Because when I, we first started the series, uh, my wife was still working from home. Mm. And so I uh, I was just like, yeah, I, you know, she's sitting next to me trying to do work. I can just read the subtitles. And since then, I have played the majority of this game at 5.30 in the morning. I don't want to wake up my wife. So I just have it on mute yeah, and just go at it like that. I mean, for me, that's mostly fine, except I feel like the best moments are enhanced by the voice actors, even if I don't understand what they're saying. Sure. Sure. Except there haven't been any of those moments yet in this game. So haven't missed a thing. Yeah. So I, I guess that's, that's, that's the next thing we should probably talk about is how we feel about this game. If this had been one chapter or two chapters as an intro, I probably would have been okay with it, because I would have said, all right, here's not Kiryu, and we'll see how his story intertwines with Kiryu. Right. So I just, I don't know where it's going yet as far as Akiyama as a character. I mean, again, he's, a, he's an interesting enough story. In-game, he has a place in the world, right? He's got some history. I, I feel like I know him a bit, so it's a fine. I just, I don't get the sense that he's super interesting. And there haven't been any real good character moments yet. Yeah. I feel like this is still like the intro to this game. Yeah. The difference is, I don't think we go back to Akiyama. I don't think we play as him again. Because I'm pretty sure there's four protagonists in this game, and there's four parts. Mm. Yeah, I, j I just saw that, actually. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens. As far as how I feel about it, yeah, I feel kind of the same. Honestly, I think that this is just... It's a warm-up to something that I don't know will ever fully get hot. Yep. I mean, there is... At least a bit of mystery here. With sure. what you know, what what did Lily do? Who is she? What does she need this money for? But I'm thinking back, you know, it even some of the just the previous Yakuza games have had real gripping openings, like you know, Kiryu going to to prison for a murder he didn't commit. That's that's an intense start. Or I'm thinking even just randomly, like beginning of Persona 4, there's all these mysterious murders. What's going on? Why Why did they happen? Like I'm like, alright, I, I I must know. I just, I haven't felt that pull yet in this game at all. I'm like, alright, it'll, I'm sure it will be a reveal when it happens, but I'm not sure that I'll care. I think, I think the, the big thing for, for this game was that the fact that, you know, we had a guy get shot, and now it's going to start a bunch of turmoil in the Yakuza. Yeah, I mean, that I mean, has that happened was, before, though, in these games. Yeah, that that was probably the most interesting part. I, I, I perked up when I saw the Tojo clan meeting. Yeah. I perked up when I finally saw Majima. Yep. 
you know. So I let's give it some time, maybe. Yeah. Maybe 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 the next maybe the next part of this game, the next four chapters of this game will will pick up a little bit. Yeah, it certainly might be too early to judge it, and I mean, yeah, because the three certainly did change after the intro a bit. So yeah, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll see see where it goes. Very true. I mean, it does also, you know, aside from that, it feels a little bit stiffer, even just like walking around town. I, you know, I, I kind of feel like the crowds aren't that great. And, you know, there's just, it's glaring when they've got these giant green or blue triangles above their head. I This game feels almost like a stopgap. Yeah. And I'm just like, hmm. And the city kind of looks the same, so it does kind of feel like, hey, we could get, you know, kind of a <laughs> a Resident Evil 3 kind of thing. Like, we could make a whole new game and reuse 80% of it. Yeah, yeah, because they were, they were on a, a high note with Yakuza 3. New engine, new everything. Yeah. New 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 graphics. Let's just, let's just reuse this. We reuse a lot of this right here and this and this and... We'll just change up the cutscenes. Which conceptually I don't really have a problem with, right? If I really like something, I feel like what I want is usually more of the same but different. Right. And that that's kind of what this is. It's more of the same but, but different, different story, different character, yada, yada, yada. But I don't know. It just it, it feels like there's been really good character moments in the game. And again, it's still the beginning, so we'll see. But yeah, I need, yeah. I need something more interesting to happen. I think we'll get it. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get it. I think it's also because Akiyama's not infested. So the other thing that we didn't really mention is him not being Yakuza means that like those cut scenes with, with Majima, a lot of the family dynamics that have been some really good intrigue, the backstabbing, all of that doesn't really apply to him. Right. Unless, unless Hana's going to backstab him. That would be, that would be a 180. Oh, she quit. Yeah, she quit because she's in love with him. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure. I'm sure this isn't the last we've seen of Akiyama. So yeah. But I think you know, just just kind of dawning on me now, I think a big part of where it hasn't quite clicked is because there isn't all of that family drama, or at least not that he's a part of. I mean, there's certainly. Or, Whatever's going on with the rye, there you know, there there's some mystery there as well, so there is hope that it will come, but he he just seems a bit outside of it. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing is like what what's what's at stake to Akiyama other than my friend's in danger. Yeah. You know. He's not a part of the Yakuza, you know. I don't know. We'll see. But uh if you would like to send us an email it is Drew at ZTGD.com. You can also tweet to us. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Keep an eye out on that Twitter. ZTGD Phoenix Down. Because sometime next week, I'm going to hold, hold a poll for our next game. The next game after Yakuza 4 will be voted on by you the listener i want to get a lot of votes in on this we got four games to choose from we're not going to reveal them just yet you're going to have to look at the poll but um 
yeah, I think uh, I think there's going to be a little bit there for everybody. So if you want us to play that game, and if you want to play along with us with that game, make sure to vote. Okay, probably going to put it up Wednesday of next week, and I'm probably going to run it for as the long the longest I can, which I think is a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll run it for a week, and then that'll be that'll be just in time for us to finish Yakuza 4 and know what the next game is. But that's going to be it for us. I appreciate everybody listening. Until next time, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we are out of here. You guys have a great week, and we'll be back with the continuation of Yakuza 4.